The retirement planning world is filled with plenty of advice and suggestions, but there are some critical questions maybe kind of lurking in the shadows that get overlooked. A lot of times these are known but often forgotten or just the focus is someplace else. So we're going to talk about that this week on the podcast right here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that will help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It is Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders from Strategic Planning Corporation. And we're going to talk about retirement planning's hidden or overlooked or just kind of forgotten about questions. Uh, and again, maybe not necessarily forgotten about, as you'll see as we go through these, that I think we know some of this stuff, but our focus sometimes gets uh, stuck in one or two areas when it comes to the X's and O's of retirement that we don't think about some of the other ones. So we're going to dive into that a little bit here on the podcast this week. It's a hidden conversation, if you will. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Good afternoon or good morning, wherever we are when this drops. Whenever guess, you, or, that's right. Whenever you hear it. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great to be here, uh, Mark. And you talking about hidden questions reminded me of a great movie we saw one time called A Hidden Life. It was on Prime Video. Okay. Uh, about this uh, Austrian farmer that um, he, uh, the Nazis invaded during World War II, mm-hmm. uh, Austria, of course, and he refused to fight uh, for them. And so there's just the things he went through and it's, it was a really good story. Some hard parts, you know, in terms of I'm sure, yeah. um, violence, I guess you'd say, or what have you, but um, I mean, not, not overly. Um, right. You know, just, it's just still tough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And you just think about, hmm, okay. So a lot of places in my life, how, what would, would I stand firm? You know? So you just wonder, and yeah. it, but it was a good movie. Good, very thoughtful, very well done. A lot of good nice. scenery. Too. Well, you know, and unfortunately, right. We kind of, it kind of feels like we're moving into this territory where we are so far removed from that stuff that the majority yeah. of the world seems to have forgotten just how tough it can be. Right. Exactly. And, and we're certainly right. seeing a lot of things kind of uh, start to head in that direction. So hopefully we don't mm-hmm. go that far because, you know, obviously that wouldn't be good for anything. Uh, but, yeah. you know, uh, what's the saying? I think it was I think it was Mark Twain, but I can't. History doesn't uh, repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Yeah, right. That right? was I think that was Twain. Yeah. yeah. So which is a great way of thinking about it. It's like, OK, fine. If yeah. it doesn't actually repeat itself, but it certainly gets close. Right. Yeah. It looks a lot likely. And, and uh, if you, you could kind of parlay that over to a financial conversation, Mike, is even in the thought of how we kind of like eventually we get removed from the pain and then we forget about it. Not totally, but enough that it, we still make silly decisions. Like think about like the, you know, the downturn of 07, 08, 09, right? Financially speaking, right? If right. you lost 50, you know, you, you probably knew people or heard about many people that lost 50. I know you did as a professional, but saying others, you know, that lost maybe 50% in that, in that uh, you know, the great recession. However, right. you know, 10 years later with a 10-year bull run, or a 12-year bull run, we kind of forgot about that. And maybe we start taking too much risk. And then you got burned a little bit here in 2022 because you forgot about that pain of 2008. So it's, you know, kind of make – humans have this great ability, but also this terrible ability to kind of forget things that maybe they shouldn't forget, you know. Yeah. And right now we're getting reminded a little bit with the downturn for the last couple of months. Right. Exactly. Uh, they kind of took back everything we got the first part of the, that, of the exactly. year. It exactly. Exactly. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So let's get into a couple of these here, Mike. Okay. We got a little, little off topic, but it's still, I think, still kind of in the vein of what we we're 
uh, trying to achieve here this week on the podcast. Uh, first one, and these are things that a lot of people wind up kind of feeling about in, in this area of uh, you know retirement planning questions and maybe some some overlooked questions. How much are those tax deferred savings that I have going to actually cost me in taxes? <laughs> Because uh, yes. they are yeah, going to cost you at some point. You've been punting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you got to take it out at some point. That's why they had these RMDs or required minimum distribution rules because uh, they want to get their taxes uh, out right. of this deferred account that you've had, where you haven't had to pay taxes on what you put in if you put it in pre-tax, nor on what you've earned. And yep. so eventually, you got to uh, pay the taxes on gotta that. Pay the piper. Yep. That money. That's right. Now, if it's Roth, it might be a little different animal there, of course, but. Uh, with a, a traditional IRA or 401k and things like that. And so, you know, when you're thinking about that, it's like, okay, so I might take $10,000 out of the account this year to supplement Social Security or what have you, or pension. But uh, if I'm taking the 10000 out, I haven't considered what that causes me to have to pay in taxes. And we tend to think just in terms of gross numbers. And so we think, right. all right, well, I'm in a 12% federal bracket now, and I'm in a 5% state. So that's 17. So, you know, that, uh, take take out 10. So maybe it shouldn't I'll, affect anything, right? $300 or yeah. something left over. Right. But when you take that 10 out, it might cause more of your social security benefit to be included True. in tax income, which means that the percentage on that 10 might look more like 25% or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So depending you, on you where you are. Them. Yeah. I was going to say, depending on where you are on your step bracket, too, you, it'd be, I mean, it's only 10,000 you're talking about, but hey, you could be close enough that it bumps you from the 12%, you know, you up to the 20%. 22, you know. Yep. So, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it uh, is something you want to be aware of and, and consider. But uh, yeah, uh, you got a million dollars in your IRA. Great. It's not all yours. Right. You and, I, and I think the that's Piper. the, Mike, I think to my point of like the hidden piece of this, I think that's the, that's where I like, we know this, right? I think many of us realize we've been pumping into the 401k. We know that we have to pay the taxes on it. In our mind somewhere, we know mm-hmm. it. But at some point we kind of go, dude, this is cool. We got a million bucks in the 401k. We're millionaires, right? right? You kind of <laughs> go into that vein and then you, oh, wait, no, we're 700,000 yeah. heirs. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, or exactly. whatever, right? Because you got to pay the taxes. So. Yeah, so you, you just need to be aware of it and, and make your plans appropriately. So yep. you know, when you're thinking about what do I need in terms of income, think about what's the after yeah. tax that I need, yep. and uh, so that you're you're calculating that tax liability in there. Yeah, tax strategy just as important as income strategy. So yeah, it is. All right, number two, how much can I withdraw from said savings? Each year, uh, obviously, the the quick, fast answer is that four percent rule. Many of us have heard about, and I think mm-hmm. if you've heard that before, and you probably have, you do that back of the napkin thing. And again, this is where that, that sort of hidden piece comes in, where you go, "Okay, we got that million dollars we just talked about, Mike. We're going to take four percent, so we're going to pull forty grand out, and you know, life is groovy." But again, you don't have a million; you got seven hundred thousand, and then that changes things, and so on and so forth. Right, and you know, I think the temptation is you retire. And you got some free time and you think, well, let's go do the things we've always wanted to do. And so you might start spending more money than maybe you should based on what you have available to you and resource. And so, you know, that that's a danger. And so there are different ways that uh, the strategies or whatever you want to call it have been developed to uh, help people with that. So 
you know, maybe starting out a little uh, on the low side, not saying that you don't go do those things, but, you know, you, you think through it and you make plans for it. Um, and maybe you put aside some money before you retire that's going to be for that bucket list or what have you. And then the rest of it's for routine annual income with inflation factored in, mm-hmm. uh, which we, we can talk about more later if you want to. But um, yeah, the the um, newer way of looking at this thing is people uh, suggest um, that you take your age, divide it by 20, and whatever number that is, is the percent that should be the maximum you would draw. Uh, at that point. So for instance, if you're 60, fortunate enough that you wanted to retire and have been able to retire and divide by 20, that's 3%, not four. And um, then as you age up, you know, if you got to 70, divide by 20, that's three and a half, you know, so obviously at 65, it's 3.75 and all that. I mean, uh, 3.25, excuse me. And um, you get to 80, it's now you're at four. And quite frankly, a lot of times we think in terms of, well, that's probably when I'm going to start having more medical expenses. So I might need to be taking more out of my account. Well, by leaving more in early, you've left more to accumulate and compound and and be there uh, for you when you get to that point. So you've got a bigger amount in there to take the bigger percentage out of and cover those potentially higher expenses. But everybody's different and uh, it, it's not a straight line and you, you just got to look at your distributions realistically and not just say, well, I have said that I'm going to take 4% out a year and the market's crashing. I'm down 50% for, uh, right now, but I'm going to keep taking that 4% out. You might want to think about being a little more pragmatic and cutting back, you know, something like that. So yeah. it's, I don't think it's a hard, fast rule that for any t- particular time is being sensitive to what you're experiencing and being smart about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a ton of this is, again, they're not super, like, super hidden. They're just things that we, we tend to overlook because we get so focused, laser focused maybe on one aspect of, you know, for many of us, that focus is just working and growing the money and dropping it into some account. And then after that, what do we do with it, right? So it becomes, that's, these are the things you got to start thinking about as you get a little closer. Uh, and that's one of the things that bother me about financial plans is, you know, they tend to be kind of straight line, you know, to start putting all kind of variables in for, uh, random returns in the market and, and adjusting your income and that sort of thing. It's pretty difficult to uh, develop a plan like that with the software that's available, you know, including uh, spreadsheets, uh, Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. But it's also it, too much complication like that. It's, people look at it and say, I don't know how to handle this. So I, I think the, the point is you just want to be realistic when you're walking into retirement. And 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 think in terms of I'm going to go in with my eyes open, not just with a plan that says I can take this percentage out every year and I'll be fine. Right. I think that's the bottom line. Yep, exactly. You nail it right on the head right there. All right. Number three, uh, life insurance. Same thing with this conversation. A lot of us go, well, we know it about it. We think about it. We probably had it when our kids were growing up and we were worried about income replacement or the death benefit in case we passed away uh, unexpectedly. But as a retired person, is it still necessary is a big question that gets tossed up a lot for folks. And they wonder, well, do I even need this now? Cause the kids are grown and they're out of the house and yada, yada, but income replacement could still be a viable reason to have it. Yeah, sure. Could, you know, uh, for instance, sometimes people have uh, elected a pension. That's just a straight pension for their life. And at their death, it ends and they didn't uh, have anything going on for a spouse. Maybe they got married late in life and they had already elected that or remarried after a spouse had died or whatever. And, 
you know, that all of a sudden here's this income that's coming in and you, you're used to spending it and then you die and your spouse doesn't have the income they thought they were going to have. Uh, and, and doggone, a lot of people don't check that stuff out. And that's one of the big things we want to do is check out beneficiary uh, benefits and arrangements, uh, make sure they're right. But um, yeah, you you um, want to consider those kinds of things as what, what does happen when one dies. So maybe there is a need for some life insurance to replace a lump sum of money that can then produce or continue to produce income that's lost at the first death. And, you know, life insurance, you pay pennies on the dollar, so to speak, you know, and, and so it, it, uh, it mushrooms at the person's death over and above what they put into it. And, you know, it's a, it can be a good way to pay for a funeral uh, at uh, expense and things like that. But, you know, quite frankly, if you don't need this stuff and, and you've analyzed it uh, with someone to make sure that you're looking at things clearly and there's really no need, you can always go out and sell those things. Uh, you know, in, in many cases, there's a, a market at certain face amounts and ages and mm. health situations where you might be able to sell it for more than what any cash value might be in the policy or even a policy that has no cash value in it. And you could sell and get some money. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Yeah, some great points for sure. Again, so things to overlook and, and we don't want to, especially with insurance too, right? Because if you've got it and you're thinking about getting rid of it and you think you don't need it anymore, double check, talk with a professional, make sure, because as we all know, right, it's going to be harder to get it again as you since you've aged. Uh, right. you know, if you let it go. So just double check those things before. And you always should double check anything we talk about on this podcast or any others with a qualified professional like Mike, you know, before you take action, just because of how it relates to your specific question, because all this stuff can be universally applied to all of us. But how does it relate to your unique situation? Okay. Number four, what kind of medical coverage will I need over and above Medicare? Great program. Doesn't do it all. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of people just don't realize they, they kind of hear maybe somebody that's already retired and they say, you know, I've got this Medicare supplement that pays everything. I don't have any out of pocket. Um, but then there's other types of plans called Medicare Advantage and a lot of new benefits with those plans. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I, I chose the, uh, the supplement at first and I said, you know, we really don't go to the doctor that much, um, and I'm paying premiums for something I probably am never going to get a benefit for. They're higher for a supplement than for an Advantage plan. And so we switched over to an Advantage plan and picked up some additional benefits. Uh, you know, it's nice. But uh, the key thing is, if you just rely on Medicare, uh, you might get some surprises. I mean, there is a deductible and um, there's coinsurance. But the big thing really, uh, you know, and that's for doctors, uh, but the big thing is, if you did have a hospital situation, the deductibles can get to be pretty hefty pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're at the age where we tend not to recover as quickly or we have more severe things and you can get hit with a pretty big bill. I mean, even young people get hit with big bills. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a good idea to pick up something to carve or to go around uh, and, and uh, where Medicare is carved out and, and picks up the excess. And it's not too expensive. It's a good good way to cover yourself for the long haul. Yep, yep, exactly. You know, and with Medicare premiums changing all the time and different little things there, it's just it's a good idea to also sit down and, and run through what it is that you need and what kind of supplements you need to add on and do you need something additional. So, uh, right, and can, we're right now when this is going to drop. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're right in the the annual open enrollment period for that sort of thing. And, oh yeah, yeah. You know, 
a lot of times people don't think about yeah october yeah. they already have a plan uh you know i've got a plan yeah, don't worry about it uh yeah it might, it's not a bad idea right. to review it and i don't mean get on the medicare site it's great and all that kind of stuff but <laughs> i'd get a professional to help me yeah with it. there's and a man, lot of stuff we got a guy that in our firm that handles that stuff for us He's fantastic. It is worth it, and it doesn't cost you anything more than just going on Medicare and just winging it yourself. Okay, there so you again, go. to your point you made a while ago, get a professional that knows what they're talking about to do this stuff, and you can really save yourself some money and make sure you got the right kind of coverage for your circumstance. Yeah, because I think it's easy with Medicare to go, well, we get it. we got to jump on and file the thing and blah. You know what I mean? And, and it, it can get a little convoluted, too. It's not – I mean, you okay. know, government instructions and things are not exactly the, the most succinct in the world sometimes when you're exactly. going through some of these things. So, yeah, it's probably worth it to talk with a Medicare specialist just to really maximize – uh, mm-hmm. And you may learn some of this stuff along the way and you may get really good at it. Like my mom, she went the route of doing it herself early on and she just, you know, banging her head against the wall for years. You know, right. now a number of years later, she's a pro at it and she's she knows exactly what she's trying to do and something comes up or something changes. But save yourself that hassle if you can and just talk with a pro and, and get it worked out and get it, you know, as maximized right. as you can, just like anything else. So. Yep, exactly. All right, number five, and then we'll wrap it up with here on this, uh, some questions here. Uh, okay. How much am I really paying in fees and commissions? I think the the focus point here, Mike, what happens is we go, you hear so many people say, my guy or gal charges me 1%, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing they think they pay. Right. And that's the wrong focus sometimes because depending on what you have in your portfolio, you've got lots of other hidden fees. This one actually truly is hidden. Yeah, yeah, there, there certainly are. I mean, uh, the big bugaboo a lot of times is uh, annuity products that have. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that term disposed. in years. I'm sorry, I hadn't heard that term in years. <laughs> that was hilarious. What? Bugaboo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Thought I'd throw that out there since we're talking about uh, hidden retirement. Well, and it's and it's Halloween too. So there you go. Boo. Or it's not Halloween, but it's October, right? It's Halloween month. So that's right. We're getting close. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go um, ahead and talk. But yeah, it's uh, the fees and some of those things can be, I mean, atrocious. Two, three, four percent. I've seen you know things like that. Actually, even higher. Uh, just depend, and and some of them are so complex you don't know how to you know how they work, and much less how, what the fees are that are being charged. But I mean, it can also happen in terms of just like a, a pure mutual fund account where someone's managing it and charging you one percent, or maybe they're using uh, shares of the mutual fund that pay them one percent. But on top of that, you got the management fees, and if it's an actively managed fund, they typically run as much as one and even higher percent on top of that. Um, so, you know, you just need to be aware of it with us, you know, you have the 1% that we charge, uh, but then we have a money manager cause we, we don't have time to go out and, and manage this stuff day to day. We're meeting with people and helping them make decisions about their money. The money manager is going to charge a fee at 35 basis points. So uh, then, you know, what about the funds? Well, you want to have as low cost as you can, because the lower the cost, the more money that stays in your pocket as opposed to going somewhere else. And so we like to use ETFs because they have, and, and our, our particular structures have an average of just slightly less than five basis points. So it's very, very low, and you keep more of the money rather than going to a bunch of fees. There you go, folks. All right, so some certainly some things to think about when you're talking about some of those hidden questions or those maybe overlooked or, or just have our focus in the wrong area questions, or maybe not even the wrong area. We just have our focus uh, a lot of times so much on the accumulation 
and uh, the actual you know dollars and cents that we kind of don't think about some of these other pieces and how they may affect us and play together. So if you need some help, as always, make sure you reach out to someone like Mike. Uh, he's been doing this and helping folks for 45 plus years. He's a great resource for you to tap into. If you're not already working with him, many of our podcast listeners are, but it serves as a great reminder or a suggestion or useful nugget of information in case there's something you need to talk about. But you can also share the podcast with others who might benefit from the message as well, friends, family, whatnot. And they can find it at Mike's website, spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. Or just search out strategic planning in the search box of Apple, Google, or Spotify's podcasting apps, just if you have that on your phone, which I think we all do now. They're pre-installed most of the time, depending on which device you have. Just type in strategic planning with Mike Flanders, and you can find it that way as well. Mike, my friend, thanks for hanging out and breaking it down. Oh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. I hope everybody's enjoying some cooler weather, and uh, have a great week. Absolutely, and we'll be back with another episode a little closer to Halloween, right here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.